Welcome back to season three of the Salt and Shadows podcast. After witnessing an uprising in the glorification of productivity and positivity, our podcast was born out of a felt necessity for real, accessible education for wholesome healing. Our goal is to bring our communities conversation and education that sparks empowerment for how to actually live a fulfilled and magical existence. In this season three of our podcast, we are so excited to welcome locals from where we live in Skagit Valley, Washington, to share in their intentional, magical living practices. We are, we are your, your hosts, hosts, Courtney Klopp of the lifestyle brand Self-Care Creature and Diana Marshall, specializing in spiritual rehabilitation with Safe Passage Tarot. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you for being here. We're so excited to interview you today. We have Sarah Wagstaff from Suat Farms. Sarah is the farmer and owner of Suat Farm and Flowers, home to a no-till urban farm in the hub of Skagit Valley, Washington. Her farm also includes a Hugel Culture demonstration garden, education workspace, and retail flower shop. SUAP stands for small units of time because we know that through building and practicing nature-based rituals day by day, season by season, cycle by cycle, we will find deeper connection and meaning. Since 2015, she has committed to providing her retail and wholesale customers with the freshest flowers, makes sure her clients have 100% local bouquets for their special occasions, and inspires her local farm stand shopping community with garden rituals and bounty like edible flowers, herbs, garden starts, seeds, smudges, tubs, teas, and unique seasonal floral arrangements. Beautiful. As a woman-owned business, her products are 100% locally grown in Washington. She is committed to reducing her environmental impact by using reusable, recyclable, and or compostable packaging, mechanics, and marketing materials. Yes. Oh my gosh. That all is of that we love. we love. And you have all. amazing lollipops too. I love your lollipops. <laughs> They're so tasty. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything extra you'd like to share or just say about yourself? Well, I am thrilled and so flattered and honored to be here. So thanks for the invitation. Yeah, I can't wait to chat with you guys. Awesome. Aww. We are so honored. We are. <laughs> Love. I wanna I wanna know just a tiny bit more. I mean, it says in your bio, but I love this name for your business and going into those like the cycles that we live by. Like how did you how did that come to be for you? How did it come into creation in the name? Mm. Yeah, the name was a challenge. I think most people, as you're naming anything, it feels a little daunting because it might be permanent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that can feel scary in such an impermanent world. But um, I wanted something that could evolve over time and reflect where I was at in the moment and also kind of bring that history with me as I went. And so I thought, you know what? It's not so much like a lavender farm or you know, a chicken farm or something that is a thing, but it's more um, cyclic and, you know, I guess time-based. And so I was just drawn towards that, like, repetition and then ethos of work and how over time it compounds and adds and um, really demonstrates kind of your effort. And so I wanted to name my farm that of small units of time. Like, if you just start calling yourself a farmer one day it feels a little inauthentic of like well I haven't farmed except yesterday <laughs> that was my first day <laughs> so now I'm a farmer 
But if you go little by little in five minutes here and 20 minutes there, and um, you also are a human, right? So you have to eat and you have to go grocery shop and you have to care for others and you have relationships in your life that are not the same as your job. So there's all of these different things in your life that are pulling you. But if you consistently put forth effort towards whatever it is, small units of time, at the end of the week, you're like, hot damn, look at that. Okay. I might, I might be getting somewhere. And then at the end of the month, you're like, yes, we are going someplace, someplace. And then at the end of like that whole cycle and year and season, you've seen the progression and the change and the evolution of things over that, that length and of yourself. Mm. And I thought that's where I want to be. That's what I want to be known for is not who I am in one moment, but who I am and what I've accomplished over time. That seems a little bit more um, representative than just like a quick snapshot. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thanks for asking. <laughs> That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love especially that day by day, season by season and cycle by cycle. And I'm so excited to dive in. And um, I know that it will come up in our conversation today at talking more about cycles. Um, I am curious though, what do some of your personal practices look like? How do you relate to like the earth? Do you consider yourself a witch? Um, how do you connect to your magic? Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of questions. Um, (laughs) how do I relate to the earth and do I consider myself a witch? And what was the other, there's another one. (laughs) Oh, it was kind of rounded out. Like, how do I relate to my magic? Okay. To your magic. Um, Yeah, I don't know that I would give myself a specific name, like that I would be a witch, but I do feel so much um, connection and like energy from ancestors. And so I feel like there's a lot of cool um, experiences and knowledge that has happened before me. And that, that wisdom, whether it's through plants and the earth, or through people, or through um, just, you know, cumulative community, I think that wisdom kind of translates and carries, and so I would identify more with that of just maybe a steward of helping to add to that collective knowledge and um, appreciation, and then um, how do I tap into my magic? I think every time something in me notices that little bit of nature, or the little bit of magic, or something unique, or maybe something totally mundane that I've noticed a hundred times, but today for some reason, it just stuck out of me. That's where I feel my, my strongest magic is that tie to those um, natural things. And so it could be the day-to-day or it could be every, you know, spring I look forward to this one special minute (laughs) where the light is falling just right. Or, um, I don't know. I I see my first flower bud emerge or whatever it is. I think that's the most magical moment. And then I would say it's twofold sharing that with other people and seeing their light ignite is my second most rewarding magic is like, not that I fit that I contributed or, um, that's not the right word, but not that I was the owner of that or the bringer of that, but that I helped facilitate their light igniting just reignites mine too. So it's that cumulative um, collaboration that I really, I love that. Yeah. That shared experience. 
totally the reciprocation too that you're speaking of I love like I'm really into like learning about like reciprocal relations in all of their various forms right now and so that's just very beautiful yeah absolutely Um, what practices do you have on like a day-to-day basis that allow you to stay I hear you speaking a lot to like presence and being able to notice these little things that make up the beauty of life and just and you had mentioned doing a little bit of yoga before we got on our call just what whatever comes to mind for you no wrong answer yeah I think it changes throughout the seasons but um my daily practices or weekly practices uh I think of them kind of in a little bit larger chunks than just day by day because um you can't do it all in one day right (laughs) but at the end of the week if I can do a couple in this category and a couple in that category then I know I feel better and so um one of the things I've been striving towards this um, winter is just in the winter time, it's harder for some reason for me to drink water. <laughs> I think because it's cold and then you drink colder water. I leave it room temp. I'm not chilling it, but right. it just is hard. And so I want to drink three liters of water a day and like make it a practice of that my cells get to drink and I get to drink and my whole body is kind of having that um cleanse and flush and refresh and wash Uh, I think water is just such a purifying agent and so I've been drinking trying trying to drink three liters of water a day and um, I love soaking in a hot tub we don't have a bathtub and so um, if I can get to a hot tub or a shower it's great but a hot tub where I can like submerge Mm -hmm. that feels really cleansing Um, that's not necessarily a daily practice but I love it to be (laughs) And um, I think my just noticing things in my body, I've been doing a lot recently, especially in the wintertime when we put on so many layers, you kind of lose touch, physically lose touch, like people aren't touching your body. Mm -hmm. Um, With COVID, you're not shaking hands and like embracing as often. And so um, just moving my body through yoga or doing massage with oils to hydrate my skin and to move, you know, blood and energy around and check in with myself and feel how I feel. (laughs) Yeah, those are things I've been doing recently. I've been thinking a lot. I think a ton of my ritual is um, thinking and noticing just patterns or um, changes or, you know, repetitions. And um, so I think that's kind of consistent in just where where I notice things, I write them down in a journal or on my calendar. And then as they pop up again, I, I note them. And that seems ritualistic to me of like, Oh, huh. Hmm. <laughs> so yeah, just simple things, real simple, yeah. <laughs> the basics. That's a great way of noticing like those cycles and those like seasons of your own life as they come and go. I was going to ask if journaling was a practice and noticing for you. Cause for me, I've, I've, I've been noticing that I have to like journal it to get it down to actually really truly remember these things and solidify some of the cycles within my own life. I would say it's not a consistent practice that I do now. It has been for years of my life and I have all of my old journals that have been meaningful to me. And um, right now I have like my planner, my weekly planner monthly, you know, that you carry around. And in that it has at the beginning of every month, like the whole month in tiny little squares. And 
I never use that because who's going to write one thing and then flip 10 pages back to go look at it. So what I started using that for was um, every morning when I wake up, whatever I remember from my dream, I jot down and it's only that big. So it's very low pressure and not intimidating. I don't have to fill in every detail of the dream, but I have really vivid and frequent dreams. And so um, I wanted some way to record those. And, and when I have just this big open blank notebook, it feels too, too much. I'm like, oh, I'll get to that another year, another year, another year yeah. passes. And so when I have just that tiny square, I can write something. And so, um, yeah, journaling in that way, but, uh, it's something that I love to do and I haven't been doing, so that's okay. I'm just noticing that about myself, that there are other things that I love to do too, that I am doing. And, yeah. yeah. Can you speak more to like the, the dream stuff? Like what, remembering your dreams, being a vivid dreamer, do you have like a relationship with your dreams or are those just plain simple facts about you? That's a great question. Um, I love dreaming and I think it's really fascinating. And I really truly believe like our brain is so capable and tries to solve so many things all the time. We bombard it, of course, with all of the questions we ask it throughout the day, or just like, not even questions, just stuff we put on it, you know, solve right. this, figure this out, decide all of these things, um, social media, just blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and um, so I feel like in my dreaming, I actually have a moment to ask my brain a question and say, I'm curious about this, tell me more about. And it feels like almost immediately in dream world or in, you know, um, cognizant world, you know, uh, that my brain is like, oh, I've been waiting for you to ask. Okay, here's what I think about that. Oh, <laughs> and wow, kind of like awesome. either, either comes to a resolution about it or like brings a new piece of information that I hadn't remembered or just, you know, didn't even know that those two connected and, um, yeah, so I feel like dreams are really helpful in that of like helping to resolve loose ends or brainstorm things that in my waking life is just another decision to make in the thousand decisions of the day. But at night, it can figure itself out in its own time in a creative way with, you know, flight or <laughs> whatever things, you know, there's all kinds of things that aren't realistic that happen in dreams and that's fine it can still like problem solve and figure it out or try on ideas yeah and just, like play it out how it would go and yeah I don't really have uh I don't know that I've ever lucid dreamed it's something that I always wanted to do when I was younger yeah and um so I think about that but I haven't yet there's there's one experience that I felt like could have been but I don't know <laughs> yeah there's a plant that I grow specifically for lucid dreaming it's mugwort it helps with that and so you can just oh, take like yeah. a branch of it and set it at your nightstand or under your pillow or smell it before you go to bed and it's supposed to help you if you'd like to have lucid dreams to help with that but oh my yeah. gosh I didn't know that about mugwort I know it's like the Korean spas that I've been to they usually have the big either vats that you can pour mugwort over you or even like soak in a hot tub I did that once um but I didn't know that it was for lucid dreaming that's neat it has it has tons of herbal and medicinal properties and it's air, aroma is just fantastic too so it might be for a number of different things but yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just asking this because I'm curious, because I always am curious, but do you feel comfortable sharing your sign? 
my sign like uh, Aries like that sign oh yeah oh yeah Aries, Aries? totally 100 percent 100 percent Aries <laughs> I'm an Aries too yeah yeah so yeah when's your birthday April 13th I was born on a Friday the 13th which is so great nice. <laughs> yep. awesome yeah awesome. happy birthday coming up in a couple oh. months <laughs> We'll get there eventually. I was also yeah. kind of curious as I was reading your bio, it said that you are connecting people to the earth through flowers and ritual. Do you want to go a little more into what that looks like for you? Yeah, this is, I'm glad you asked. This has been something that's more and more important to me over time. And um, of course, flowers are just lovely to look at and nice to have around, but you know, so are carrots. They're really delicious and they're nice to eat for dinner, but it doesn't bring out the same kind of emotion. And when you hand somebody a bunch of carrots, they're like, that's awkward. Or why do you, why did you give me this chore to chop up for dinner? <laughs> but when you hand somebody a bouquet of flowers, it's a totally different sentiment. And most, almost every time the response is, you know, open mouth surprise or like this deep feeling of like, really? Mm. Like it means something and it expresses something to them, even though it's similar to a carrot that's a perishable, you know, product that you can sell. Um, but it has some sort of tangible meaning to it. Mm. And that keeps coming up in these cycles and dreams and um, just different moments in my life of those meanings and those um, experiences are really important. And it's, it's this um, uh, milestones in our lives that kind of help us to define different parts of ourselves. So, you know, the occurrence of when you're born is a pretty big moment. It's the start of your life as we count it. And um, often people send flowers to the mother or to the baby or to the family, you know, to recognize this is a special moment and to like honor and um, pay respects. And same with um, when you're coming of age or often with religions, um, a baptism or some sort of initiation into this next chapter of accountability and of your life. And then of course, like the most popular way <laughs> of, of gifting and holding flowers is during a marriage ceremony and you're literally wearing it on your lapel and carrying it down the aisle. Some people are draping it around through their hair and head and standing in front of it and walking down the aisle on top of them. And like how many different ways we want to incorporate the earth back into that moment to remind us whenever those peonies bloom, I think of that initiation moment or that milestone that I experienced or that I've you know accomplished or come through or grown towards. And um, I think another really important milestone is that um, celebration of life or grieving or, you know, the passing of life. And um, at every single funeral that I've ever attended, there has been either a casket spray or someone lays a single stem on the wherever, you know, ceremony site. And uh, I think that connection to people and the earth is intertwined for eternity. <laughs> yeah. 
think that there have been experiences in hundreds of thousands of years past where people have utilized plants to remind them of different things or to bring, you know, energies toward them. And um, I like that. I like that analogy and I want to continue that. And so that's felt more and more important to me to like make that connection tangible and um, verbal and uh, I don't know, memorable. So on a lot of the bouquets that I sell or that I grow, I'll add a little tag that describes like what plant it is and what is the meaning behind that plant. So it's not just that I gave a bouquet, which is lovely in its own right and totally worthy, but also that plants carry meaning and history with them. And maybe you're passing along that meaning to them. Maybe you're taking that meaning for yourself or whatever it is, but that those connections are just vital for us to, to thrive. So. Yeah, I feel like you're really speaking to something that we like to ask the people that we're interviewing is what values do you use as a compass for what it is that you do? And I feel like you keep speaking to meaning and connection. Would you say that that is kind of some of the foundation of what you're trying to show as your values? Yeah, absolutely. I think as a human, our one of our core needs is to live in community. Hopefully, first and foremost, with yourself, that you understand yourself and love yourself and accept yourself and accept that you can change. And then secondarily with others. I think so much of the last couple of years has been a disruptor to that community or sense of community or access to community. And so for those of us that haven't had that community with ourselves, what a tragedy <laughs> because we don't have community with others and we don't have a community with ourselves. And so if we can work to establish that core love and acceptance and connection to something that is larger than ourselves, whether it's earth or spirit or magic or whatever resonates with you, there is a connection there. And I think that, um, like you were saying, that reciprocity, both of those, um, what do they say? The sum is more, or the, the outcome is more than the sum of the parts. Um, there's some little extra in there by working together or by noticing one another, or appreciating, or even just having gratitude for that um, expounds, expounds whatever it is that you're doing. And so, yeah, I think that connection is so important. And then in, in flowers, they're meant to be enjoyed. It's not meant to, you know, be like sequestered and um, held in private. It's meant to be enjoyed. That's why they bloom outside. <laughs> That's why you get, you know, they are, um, yeah, there's so many different varieties that last well after being cut for weeks. It's meant to be cut and then passed and then share it to someone else and then share it to, and then dry it and then share it again. Oh, we could just um, hear your passion and your, everything you're talking about. <laughs> it's Thanks. I really love, there are two points that I am interested in right now. Um, especially I hear this, uh, coming up, speaking of like community within yourself. And I think that we often, when I hear the word community, I think of like the people around me and I'm just like, would you mind speaking a little bit more to that community within oneself? You were talking about self-acceptance and I just, I just love what I'm hearing. I thought let's dive deeper there for a moment. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, I think of community as the people around me too, you know, like a city council or a neighborhood or <clears throat> a group of people that are whatever, similar minded or friends or something. But I think <clears throat> within yourself, you have different beings and I'm not saying like schizophrenic where there's all the, <laughs> all the people that are within your head, but there's the, um, the internal reflective self. And then there's that external self that you portray when you're around others. I think there's the spiritual self. I think um, there's all of these different parts of you that have value and meaning and um, the ability to contribute to the betterment of your life and also the betterment of others. And if you can notice those more and more and more showing up, then I think um, you're able to, to share them with others. Um, but if you just tell yourself that, oh, I'm not worthy or I'm not good at that or I don't have enough of this, then you'll never look for it. And what a, what a shame. I wish that people knew how cool they were <laughs> and how, you know, I think so often we think like, oh, um, we don't want that to be seen or like, oh, I wouldn't want to show up looking like that. And, you know, you don't know what people think about you. Maybe they think you're a lot cooler than you think you are. And so like, you should just show up how you are because that's yeah. going to be the, the best way to represent yourself and let people know that they're not alone and you're not alone either. You have yourself no matter what. And, um, you should, you should get good with that. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. That relationship with yourself, I always say is the most important relationship you'll ever have and the longest relationship you'll ever have. Um, yeah. that brings me into what I hear you describing is almost in some ways, what we define as shadow work is like accepting, integrating the whole and, and learning how to fully accept ourselves and, turn towards the pieces within ourselves that we tend to want to shy away from. And I'm just curious, how do you define shadow work or do you work with that at all in your life? Um, I don't know that I've given enough thought to how to define shadow work. I think I've heard the term a couple times, but yeah, I don't really understand fully what it means to me yet because I don't think I've explored that as a terminology. Yeah. So, yeah, I do... Um, fully believe in the intrinsic value of people mm. and earth and plants. I mean, I think each thing is here for a totally cool and rad purpose and they contribute. And there's literally nothing that is just like getting dragged along by everyone else and just <laughs> dead weight. That's not helping. I think that everything has a you know, a plus and a minus to it or multiples. Um, and so, yeah, I think being able to see that and recognize that is like the ultimate gratitude practice of just saying thank you for these gifts and being able to look for those gifts wherever they are. I love that you're turning to nature to see that, to say that like there's never any dead weight in nature. Everything in nature has a purpose. And like the, you're speaking to that interconnectedness of like the community of nature that, uh, what am I trying to say? The like when an ecosystem is dependent upon each other, I think of like the, uh, the crocodile that has the birds that clean its teeth. and Interdependent. Yeah, I guess that is the word I'm thinking of, interconnectedness, interdependence. Yeah, so that's really beautiful. Um, oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and that just makes my like whole being and heart tingle because I feel, I feel so connected with that too. I think that, that it's just so 
profound that you just step outside and look around you and you can and you can see it but we're also so distracted these days and we don't have the traditions and the teachings to learn how to have these noticings and I, that makes me curious too like you I we like Diana said I loved hearing the passion in your voice for what you do and I'm just so curious was this something that like did you go to school for this was it handed down in your family did you just come upon like this passion or like how'd you come about this in your life um did it find you <laughs> I think uh love of nature and gardening is definitely something that's just within everyone um I think maybe not gardening but I think love and appreciation of beauty and wild and natural things mm -hmm. I think everyone has that I think the the more we disconnect ourselves from that and the more we associate with man-made and plastic and you know just uh, mechanical things that we forget I, but I think if we were to stop and ask our collective memory and ask our brains like hey tell me about my love for nature. I think your brain will find a way to tell you. It will mm -hmm. remind you of an experience that you had, or it will show you a sunset that you saw that I, I think that it's in there. Um, and you were saying that maybe we don't have the experience or the knowledge or the teachings. And I think we do. <laughs> I think there are so many great teachers that have come in this world already and that will continue to come that you can you can find like beautiful teachings and um examples of of how to be and how to love and um do that more and more fully and I was thinking about um the example of just looking at a forest so even if you're not in the forest even if you just live in your bubble and you're confined to your apartment if you are looking at a forest of a picture of a forest, you see that there's some trees that are tall and some shrubs that are undergrowth and some grasses or smaller plants or little things that kind of come and go. Um, but there isn't just a bare spot. There's never a bare spot. Like nature will fill in and make those ecosystems and, and regrow and, and um, kind of do its own companion planting. And so when we think of our lives as this like, earth that needs to be like shiny and clean and just this way and it only looks like this and we have to present to the world this way that's odd like that doesn't happen in nature that's it doesn't feel right it doesn't sit with me it, nature will fill it up it'll put weeds on there nature will cover that stuff up with something useful and to nature weeds are useful because they're growing and they're mining nutrients and they're having this you know collaboration and reciprocity of earth and soil and plants and sun and water and they're using something whereas if you just maintain stasis of perfection that's not useful it's not growth it's not um like a natural process that would happen and so um yeah that that feels more resonant with me of let's just look at the examples that we see in nature and then live our lives that way and connect with each other that way and garden mm. that way and yeah. Hey, Diana here. I just wanted to take a moment to interrupt this episode and let you know that if you're hearing anything that resonates with you, 
Courtney and I are available for a two-on-one session. We call these our Salt and Shadow Sessions, and this unique offering is both available online or in person at our LaConnor Washington studio. It's a little bit of a combination of lifestyle coaching, a dual tarot and oracle card reading, as well as some ritual integrations and energy clearing. We also would greatly appreciate it if you would please subscribe, download, and share this podcast to help it reach more people. To stay up to date on our offerings and events, you can also sign up for our full moon newsletter. You can book a session with us, sign up for emails, or subscribe to the podcast via the link found in the details section of whatever listening platform you're currently tuning in on. We have a deep-rooted mission to bring accessible and sustainable education for wholesome healing to both our local and online communities. Our goal is to provide safe space that sparks empowerment within you so that you can know how to actually live a fulfilled and magical existence. May you remember the peace and the power you hold within yourself at all times. Enjoy the rest of this episode. So maybe answer like the question of where and how did I come into gardening and florals and um, this stuff. (laughs) I, I love uh, just being outside and noticing things to me, that's really like uplifting and feels good and rewarding. And so just spending time outside and being drawn towards that, I wanted to study forestry in college and quickly realized like, oh, forestry is usually the managing of forests. And that doesn't feel good to me. Nobody needs to go miracle grow out there. They're doing fine. Yeah. Um, you know, based on like work that Americans have done to suppress fire and change the landscape and to interact with it, there does need to be management that's helpful and healthy management of forests today. But I thought more than just kind of working retroactively backwards to undo mistakes, I would love to create something and to collaborate with others. And so I started growing food and um, vegetables and meat and producing different things that I thought would be useful and helpful. And they are, and they're delicious. And the more I got into like my passions and what ignites me, it was more leaning towards those connections. And yes, you could totally give somebody a bunch of carrots. And for people that don't have food access that is a prize right and um once your basic needs are met then what else you know there has to be something more than that I feel there has to be something more meaningful or you know maybe that's what you're meaning by the shadow work of like why am I here though why am I like what can I do to help others like not just in general but the specifics and so that's maybe more where I started leaning towards flowers of you know you can't eat a lot of them (laughs) so what how are they useful and how are they meaningful and um, like learning more ways in which I want to incorporate them or remind people like of their meaning Mm -hmm. is kind of like what's drawn me down the path of flower farming and um, starting this business and shop and things so yeah I think that answered your question yeah Yeah. absolutely I'm just so I'm just so enamored and entranced by it it's really beautiful to follow like I hear you talking about following your joy and it's led you to more connection and more community and especially exploring that purpose for like what is 
greater than yourself and, and a purpose for being here and for being alive. And I really feel like turning to nature just it really can ignite that within someone. And I love hearing the story about how it's done that for you. Yeah. And I think it's powerful because it's not just something that's been around for a couple of years and you're like, yeah, you should probably do do that thing. It's going to be good for you. Like it's been here before anyone has been here. Yeah. And despite us, it keeps thriving and it shows us these little magical moments and like all of the metaphors that we can see happening on a day to day basis have been happening for millennia. And so it's just fascinating. It's, it's the best combination of magic, science, hope, humanity, death, rebirth. Like it has so many intangibles all represented on a second by second basis that it just, it's like, just really cool. (laughs) Thank you for bringing our attention to that. Just hearing that, like the reminder that it's been here way before us and it'll be here way after if it ever comes to that, like, wow. And the little miracle. Yes. Knock, knock. Yeah. That's up to us. I mean, it literally will depend on us if we become and improve our stewardship. Hopefully we can live with the earth instead of just you know, continuing to take and take and take, but what are our contributions? Like, what do we provide? Yes. It's it's a good question. And let's our, let our brain think about that tonight in our dreamland. (laughs) Great invitation. Well, I'm going to ask you a question even now that kind of has something to do with that. So your dreams can't help you. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You know what? I have all that backlog. I have that backlog of all the collective knowledge of my ancestors. Let's go. I'm ready. Yes, yes, exactly. You have it all. My my grandpa's got my back. (laughs) I love that. Okay. So first part of a question is, how would you like the local community to feel when they experience your business? Like, they always knew that it was meant to be this way. I want them to know like, yes, this is how it's supposed to be. Yes, this is the thing, not the thing that you need in your life, but it's, it's a moment, it's an experiential moment that they felt loved, seen, understood, heard, appreciated, mm-hmm. something like that. I want them to know that of their worth and yes this is it's like that resonance of truth yeah take a moment and maybe and maybe one other thing maybe i want hopefully i want to spark a little within them to start their small units of time to start Mm -hmm. their little what is it that i will do it doesn't have to be huge it doesn't have to be overwhelming it doesn't have to be monumental but over time i'll start something Hmm. yeah whatever it is kind of be a catalyst of self-acceptance and finding yourself for real that's beautiful (laughs) following joy I really hear that with that like igniting that memory and those evoking those emotions within yeah yeah and isn't that cool that it is a memory it's not something that you're striving towards and can never catch it's something that you are and have and will be and and it's you just have to remember yeah that's a cool that's a cool thing (laughs) so the second part of the question is 
how would you like to feel supported within your community? How can we support you? Mm. Gosh, I have just a checklist of things. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, where do I start? <laughs> you know, one of my favorite things is teaching. And I love like seeing that spark happen for someone else where I like give them the idea or the concept or whatever, and then some materials and then they run with it and they find their joy. Um, so that's something that feeds me. And I hope to like keep facilitating moments like that, you know, either allowing like renting the space out and allowing other makers to be in here teaching their thing or hosting cool events or um, like your guys's moon rituals. I'm like, oh, do it here. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, we're always open to talking about that too. Yes, okay. Yeah, but just these collaborations and the um, like, yeah, I guess more collaborations. I would love to see that happening more and more and more and spurring different things and larger things than myself. Um, as far as like physical ways, <laughs> we just purchased a really, really beautiful piece of land that is in, part of it is in conservation easement. So it cannot be touched. It can only be enjoyed. And I'm like, yes. We probably were an unusual buyer for something like that because it's, you know, most people want to be able to utilize their land as if we could own a piece of land. Um, but we are just super excited to like steward this part. So part of it, we will cultivate with our own things that um, bring us joy and beauty and hopefully financial wealth as well. <laughs> so I can sustain, um, you know, a business. Um, and then that requires a ton of hands, so many different eyes and hands and hearts to like plant and weed and cultivate and build soil and um, yeah, move and schlep a lot of things over to that new place when we're ready. And then also just the, the wisdom and appreciation that people bring when they come. I want that so much. I just, uh, like, I'm, I crave that. And we've, the, like, anytime we go out to the property, usually it's on the weekends right now. And um, anytime we're there and somebody comes over or wants to go for a bike ride or wants to go out hiking or we had a friend bring over their sheep to, you know, um, care for the pasture for a little while. It's just every single time another person is there, it, it lights this fire in me of like, yes, this is what it's for. Uh, it's for community. It's for everyone. Yes. <laughs> I, I want so much for it to be this awesome gathering place where people come and, um, you know, take their, their photos for their milestones. Maybe it's their senior graduation, or maybe it's their like, you know, six month baby shoot or whatever. Like I want them to come and have this connection and have a way to remember that. Maybe it's by drawing their own flowers or taking a wreath home or making a wreath or whatever it is. Um, that is just the thing, but what it does to you is the part that ignites me and that I want to ignite others. And so, yeah, that's how they, I could be supported is by having people participate in, in rituals with me or start their ritual practice on their own and when they're ready 
come join. <laughs> yeah, connection and community, I'm hearing. Oh, yeah. I think I've said that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> once <Yeah>. or twice. <laughs> yeah. no, that's, that's exactly what our values are and why we're here as well. So it's just really heart, like heartwarming and just overflowing to share in that together. <laughs> Yeah, a rising tide floats all ships. There's no like one person is an island. Like you can't live like that. <laughs> no, you're just okay. that would be really boring and super drab. So like when the islands can converge and go their ways and converge and go their ways, like how cool and awesome is that? So uh, yeah, there is. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say thanks for asking how you could support me. I that feels really wonderful to be asked. So you're yes. welcome. There is one topic that I have mentioned to you that I did want to talk about on here, and I'm really curious about what your relationship with death and those that part of the life cycle is, because I personally do honor death as a teacher myself, and we tend to just work in those life the life cycles like that. And so, yeah, I'm just curious, like where your relationship with that is, and. Do you have anything specific? I guess this is especially sparked, I'll say, because you recently had a chicken that passed and you shared about it in your stories on Instagram. And we will link your Instagram in the show notes here so people can go and follow you. Um, but I just thought it was really beautiful the way that you talked about it. And you were saying that you thought that death should be more up in the open like this and that it is a natural part of our life cycle. And you laid your chicken to rest with all these beautiful flowers. And you had said that you had like made some offerings or said some prayers. I can't quite remember right. But yeah, that's that's really what sparked. I was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> my heart to your heart. Like I just was so happy you were bringing that. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Death is a death is a um it's a weird thing, right? It's so universal mm. and so taboo. And I'm like, that's <laughs> odd. That seems weird to me. That like ev everyone will experience this. So what a like unifying thing, except absolutely no talking about it, sharing it, like yeah, preparing for. Oh my goodness, heaven forbid, you like how morbid it just seems so like not honest and so yeah. that doesn't sit well with me and so as my brain trying to figure that out I felt like well what would feel good like obviously grief and loss is doesn't feel good it feels terrible and those are experiences that are real and valid and just saying that they feel terrible doesn't make them go away so right. what would help me to feel good when I also feel terrible. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I feel good when I am living within that truth within myself. And so acknowledging that something happened, that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> acknowledging that how it feels, that's huge. And acknowledging that also feelings change and they will pass, they will repeat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's those little bits of time, right? Uh, but since we die, we don't know what happens after. I mean, some people do, I guess, but <laughs> I think we don't know. know some people sure. think they know, but nobody yeah. knows. Yeah. Know for sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah, sure. So um, if it's something that we don't know about and it's something that we will all experience, 
then why not have a conversation about it? Like, what's the harm in that? I'm not like um, manifesting it to come. It will. It already will. Come. Yeah, it's, right. It's already it's not, like, exactly. I'm, yeah, I'm not drawing it towards me um, or like trying to end my life prematurely. But um, they're they're like why not just figure out what would feel good for you or what would feel good for your spouse or what would feel good for your children before it happens so that when they are feeling those feelings of grief and loss and um, denial or just rage to figure out, hey, I had a plan for this. These things might still be true and they might help me feel better. Maybe they won't, but at least like we had talked about it and at least there's that one truth that I can come back to of like, in a certain moment of my life, I thought this would feel good to me. So like, let's lean into that and try it out. And you can change your mind and figure out a new, new way to do it. But anyway, having a child is kind of a life shattering, altering, um, changing <laughs> renewal and death of self and rebirth of a new identity of self. And um, so I think that was one of the most interesting death that I experienced that is like so um I don't know the right word it feels so weird because there's so many mothers in the world <laughs> and it feels like they didn't ever get appreciated or acknowledged that they weren't always a mother or they will continue to be a mother after their child passes or if you know their child was never born yeah. like there's so many versions of that and so to me, that felt like really poignant to like demarcate this moment and this point to myself, like to me, I wanted that notice of like, I am not who I was before mm. and I'm different now. And to re-come to terms with that and to love that person because I will not be that person anymore. I'm now a caregiver to someone else and a, a, a mother to somebody. And so how do I love that? And how do I accept that? And um, so then whatever death I don't think that they're comparative a big or small death I think it's all it's an end of a life it doesn't you know feel like good and happy <laughs> and so how do you want to go about that and how do you want to talk about that or honor that or whatever I think is a personal choice and then also something that could be discussed with others and so with my child as we're experiencing that in our family of losing people that we love or losing animals that we love, or just watching nature take its course and, you know, continue to thrive and continue to die and renew and return to the earth. Um, finding words to talk about that and figuring it out together, because I don't have the right way. I, I don't know all the answers, of course, um, but figuring out what feels good to us and what feels like might help us to feel better out of that grief or through that grief or in the grief. So, um, with my kid, we had a goldfish a bunch of years ago. And of course their lifespan is fairly short. So little taco passed away and we decided as a family, we would bury him in the garden and he could turn into compost to help the plants grow. Mm -hmm. And so we were burying him and I turned to my son and I said, hey, is there anything that you would like to say before we you know, cover him with dirt? And he said, I think we should sing a song. And I said, I love that idea. And the only song that came to mind was happy birthday. 
so we sat around Taco's grave and sang happy birthday. And it just struck me as like how perfect that song was for wow. a death, for a death yeah. day. Yeah. Um, like how, how that there can be humor in death too. And um, yeah, so then with our chicken, uh, we were pretty sad about her and feeling like, oh man, if there was something that we could do or to help her, we would love to, of course. And then if there isn't something, hopefully we can just make her life comfortable for the last part of it. And then, um, yeah, we recognize and honor that she like had value and that she continues to hold value. So we put her in our compost bin and then her body will continue to add nutrients and um, all kinds of cool things to the soil. So yeah. I feel like there's that nod to um, longevity that I think feels really good. And that's like that memory piece of maybe we live again. Maybe we don't. Maybe there's reincarnation. Maybe there isn't. There's a lot of beliefs around this. And um, we don't know. But when we see nature and something dies, it doesn't just like null and void, gone, disappears it returns into something else and gets utilized and reused and reused and reused for millennia. And so hopefully our ideas, our thoughts, our words, our actions, our, our love has that same effect and power to translate into the world that it will get composted and reused and reused and reused. That's so beautiful. It's like nature finds a way to make sure that we are never forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear words like integration, transition, rites of passage. These are all things that come up around around this topic of death. And I love that you're speaking to also like the different the different lives that we live within one life and honoring like those rites of passages and the and the different spaces in that. Like, yeah, thank you for mentioning that. It's just Oh, totally. One of the concepts that like really kind of got that, um, or I guess one of the experiences that I had that really got that concept going for me was a museum that I went to in um, Croatia. It was called, um, oh, now I'm not, I'm blinking on it. Oh, shoot, I can't think of the name of it. I'll think of it as soon as I finish talking about it, but the museum was all, um, oh, the Museum of Broken Relationships. Wow. And um, it is a museum that accepts relics. So whatever you'd like to submit to the museum, whatever tangible thing it is, maybe it's a love letter, maybe it's a shoe, maybe it's a stuffed animal, maybe it's a whatever it is, maybe it's a baseball bat. <laughs> and then you write like the, the museum tag for it, like the person that is contributing this to the museum and then what why it was meaningful or what happened in the broken relationship or whatever, however much information you feel comfortable sharing. And there were things from every single type of relationship in the world. So some of them were separated because of war or um, the Holocaust. Some relationships were, were between parent and child and the loss and grief from either direction of losing a, a person. Some were romantic partnerships and um, all of the different ways that we mark a broken relationship maybe it's death, maybe it's divorce, maybe it's just longing and unfulfilled expectation, but whatever it is, it was so poignant in 
my life of just realizing, oh my gosh, everyone experiences loss and there's no place to hold it. There's nowhere, there's no like ritual or ceremony to mark that spot and except when you die and then you're not even there. <laughs> right. And, and I so, think you touched on something like really important too, just with what you were saying with it's almost taboo to talk about it and, and it's just keep it quiet just through the simple act of being present with your family and witnessing each other's feelings in the moment and actually speaking out and like just sharing what you're experiencing together that in itself is so healing and is literally the gateway to understanding each other through that grief and and being there with each other and and supporting each other through that yeah because it reminds you that nobody suffers alone we all have suffering and we all have grief and we all have loss and it feels overwhelming and it feels all-consuming or that it's so personal no one could ever understand and they might not understand yours but everyone experiences that feeling and so if you can remain vulnerable enough to say I feel this or I experienced that or something then I think that connection that you can have with others is that healing magic it's it's not the grief that you endured that's not the magic it's that you shared it with somebody and they held it with you right right I think this is such such an important part of our human experience and so just thank you for bringing this piece to the conversation and I really hope that it inspires people to want to honor these different versions and places that we find ourselves in and I'm excited I feel like we've got to talk more about different rituals and ceremonies we could the three of us could create together because it sounds like there's just yeah yeah opportunity there (laughs) absolutely (laughs) in the in to close out this conversation which has been so lovely thank you again um can you just let us know do you have any news that you'd like to share with the community any new stuff coming up that's a great Yes, always. I feel like ever-changing landscape of things that I am excited by. Um, this this month, I guess today is February. Happy February. So this month, of course, is a very famous floral holiday, Valentine's Day. Um, so I hope that people are loving up on themselves. Yeah, I hope that people are loving, loving, loving on themselves and showing love to others. And so we have a number of different things that we um, grow on the farm and, and harvest with so much care and love and um, package in different ways for each person's ability, some fresh flowers, some tub teas, which is like super awesome ritual either to do with yourself or to do with a child if you're bathing together or, you know, as a romantic partnership, that would be kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, We have those lollipops, like you mentioned, a local baker, Darcy, makes those for us out of the flowers that we grow. So they are super tasty, but we have all different, excuse me, all different types of stuff available for Valentine's Day and um, they're available for pre-order right now. Uh, Of course, we have stuff every day, but um, especially this season right now is kind of starting to, um, life is starting to emerge from the ground and compost is active. And so if you haven't planted any bulbs and you'd like to plant bulbs and have that 
it's totally a ritual for me to plant something into the earth and bury it. It's kind of that like death ritual and then have the emergence come up of a birth ritual, but it's within my lifetime. It's literally within a couple months of each other. Yeah. It's so beautiful to watch that. And so to make that happen for myself, to have that reminder is something that I really value. And so I have stocked a bunch of daffodil and tulip bulbs in the shop and ranunculus as well, which are just all beautiful flowers to grow. I love ranunculus so much. I do too. They last forever and they're so fluffy and beautiful. And yeah. yeah, and they all do great in this climate. All three of them don't mind the cold and the wet and are suited to growing here. So you don't have to have any particular abilities, just the willingness to bury something. So <laughs> yep, those are, those are all on super sale right now because um, they need to get planted before it gets warm. Great. Thank you for sharing that. And lastly, where can people find you both in person locally and or online? Sure. In person, I have this flower shop that I'm sitting in right now. It's at 329 North Cherry Street in Burlington. It's right on Highway 20. Um, we have some cute little hand-painted signs that direct you where to go. You park in front of the building and then walk down this little magical garden pathway to the entrance. And I'm open right now in the wintertime. I'm open every Friday from 9.30 to 5. I've got a bunch of garden tasks and things to do during most of the week. So if you want to come in at a different time, just text or message me and we can make an appointment for sure. But I often um, am doing stuff or shipping things or gardening or whatever, all my small units of time. So I'm here on Fridays and then um, you can find me socially at, um, at Suat Farm on Instagram and a little bit on Facebook. I try to never be on there, but I share things from Instagram to Facebook. Oh yeah, yeah. same. Yep, same. yep. <laughs> and then uh, also on TikTok of the same. And I plan to be on YouTube and Pinterest. So look for me there. Yeah. And then um, I just recently added a link in my bio on Instagram that's a link tree. So there's a couple other resources. If you have gardening questions or you're interested in the style of gardening that we do called Hugel Culture, excuse me. Um, I post classes and upcoming workshops and stuff on there too. So that's awesome. I'm definitely going to look into that. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I've got a workshop coming up at Christensen's Nursery this month and um, it's a wreath making class. Oh. And then next month I have a class all about Hugel culture that will be a live Zoom. And so people can just do it from home and then start working in their garden the, the oh, next day. Wow. That's in March? Yes. And those are both listed on my website or on my link tree. I hope both, but we'll yes. see how tech savvy I am. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. We get it. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you so much for this conversation today, Sarah. I'm so honored that you guys invited me. Thanks.